I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same. Wait, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up, back up, back up. I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, usually with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, super hot Potts. But this week, I am by myself today. <laughs> at least for the beginning. We're about to get into an interview that we did with Allison Desir last week at the Running Industry Conference. It was an honor to be with Allison again and do another interview. We did an interview with her last year, but this one is even better. We talk about her book coming out, Running Wild Black. Go ahead, pre-order that now. You don't even need to listen to the conversation. You already know it's Allison Desir. Pre-order the book. But you haven't you haven't heard Allison Desir. I understand. I, I, I actually I don't understand if you haven't. But go ahead, listen to this interview. It's gonna be a good one we also talked about her working at moselle now we talked about just like the running industry conference as a whole and her putting us on to this entire event and so many other things that really cover and just essential to the running community right now to be honest i'm so great that you guys are here and listening to this podcast the reason why aaron's not here and reason it's just me is because like we're lucky taking a break right now we've been doing a lot for this past month we traveled a lot in february we went in on this black tastemaker series and this kind of really caps it off and it's great that we're doing it with with Allison, the first day of Women's History Month as well. Black Queens, bruh, stand up, you feel me? <laughs> but let's get into this podcast. Before we do so, I gotta say, if you're listening to this podcast for your first time or you're a new subscriber, leave a review, man. Leave a review. Rate the podcast. We're at 75 ratings right now. We have five stars. Let's get to 100. Let's get to 100 ratings by the end of this year. Wait, by the summer. Like, come on. Come on, just leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Leave a review, rate the podcast. It would be great, really, it would be greatly appreciated as we push this podcast to the moon. All right, man, let's get into this podcast. I talked way too much. I'm sorry for this. Actually, you're gonna hear me talk again in a second. But uh, yeah, let's get into the pod. So we're here at the Run USA. Run. Wait, hold on. What? Where are we? We're, USA. <laughs> we're here at the Running USA Run Industry Conference. Our first time ever being here. Honored to be here, but we're here at Allison to see you. Allison, you've been on the podcast before, but now you're just coming off just a, a fire panel just a second ago. Thank just you. how was that? Let's just start there. Just start there, coming off that fire panel, doing that, being in that great space. Aaron was in there for more majority of the time. I went in was like the last 30 minutes. I, I'm sorry, I was tired. I had to get some breakfast and everything. <laughs> it was early good. in the morning. But to be able to have this conversation with you is definitely an honor right now. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it was. I was a little, I don't want to say nervous, but I was um, trying to assess the room, mm -hmm. right? Like I knew that I was going to come in and say things that were that were disruptive, things that needed to be said. Um so it sort of took a little, like, I had to do a little confidence building before getting on the stage. But in truth, like, what I like to do is be unapologetically myself yeah. and be vulnerable. And I find that when I go there, people meet me there, right? So I want to I set the expectation <laughs> for what, how this is going to go. So I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to share things about myself, um, which is going to signal to you, like, oh, this is just a space where I can do the same. So yeah. it felt great. The best part was your brother coming up to me and like giving me that high five because like that's why we need to be in these rooms, right? Like we need to be there so that we see each other, we feel seen, we know it's a space for us. 100, and that's, that's how I felt. Like I didn't know that you were, you know, going up this morning. Mm -hmm. I just got my breakfast and walked in there and I saw three beautiful black women on stage, like really speaking like freely, like mm. freely and with confidence, like mm. nothing was sugarcoated. These are conversations that I've had with people in the writing industry about how I feel mm. with things. And like you all were hitting 
every every nail on the head and I feel like when you do that too like it allows like yeah maybe it makes you know some people that aren't like black or whatever uncomfortable but I feel like it also gives them like some of that makes them like almost more like open to like speak about their struggle exactly. like the guy that was asking about like how he was like in a small town exactly and everything and I felt like he was just being real, you know what I mean? That's exactly, I think it gives when, and that's what I talk about, like model, modeling vulnerability and being yourself, it gives people permission, right? Like, and when that man spoke, like I saw a man who was really struggling, like really trying to do, do something meaningful as r racial justice is concerned, but also has questions and has like, needs to put food on the table, right? And so I felt that that, I got, I picked that up too. I was like, damn, this is a really powerful moment that he would get up in front of a thousand people yeah, yeah. and share that. Yeah, that's definitely just hard and, and it's uncomfortable and yeah. no one likes to be in those uncomfortable situations. And I feel like us being here and being able to get here, a lot of people have to go through uncomfortable situations. For us, for me and Aaron, just even to be at this conference here well, today. Well, speaking of, I'll tell you, Christine reached out to me. Christine, shout out to Christine from Running USA. Hey. She reached out to me and she was like, you know, we want to we wanna provide this opportunity for someone, some people to come to the event. And I was like, what you need is to bring the new face of running media <laughs> <laughs> to Running USA. Because in order for our industry to thrive, remain relevant, attract new and interesting people, we have to bring two black runners into yeah. the fold, you know uh, what I mean? And that's what I hope that this is new for this year. And I hope that this is just the beginning of, of making sure that we get new energy and, you know, what, like smart, fun, talented folks yeah. in this space. Otherwise, the industry dies off, you know? That's what Aaron was constantly even talking about for the past weeks. Like, man, next year, I want to bring like four or five more exactly. people to come to the conference and everything. You want to speak more on that? Yeah, and I think it's important, too, to like, like for us as a younger crowd, you know, like we were just saying, like I was just telling you, like I didn't know about you till 2019. I really didn't know about Ted until like three or three or four weeks ago when we went to New York. I didn't really know about Ted Corbett. So like I'm a I'm a young a young man in this like media game, you know, trying to do things for black people as well and open those doors and show them a blueprint. But I can't do that if I don't know the blueprint and everything y'all exactly. have already laid out. Exactly. I mean, you sort of call me old, but that's cool. No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but I'm, that's exactly it. This is intergenerational, right? Like, you, I need to be speaking to people like you. I need to be speaking to people who are in their 60s and 70s. We all need to share the keys, right? Like, yeah. unlock the doors <laughs> so yeah. that we know, you know, we can move this industry forward. And, like, there's no point of just, like, hoarding it all in. Because no, I feel like what? even yeah. for us, like, I'm 21 years old, but... I would love for not I mean just like the black people in my community, but the every type of minorities just to see like what the running community has to offer. Like one of my Absolutely. friends, he's still running right now at Long Beach. I remember being on a run with him. I'm all like, bro, like, because he, he loves fashion. I'm like, bro, would you ever want to just like make running shoes? Like, would you ever mm -hmm. just want to do that in that type of industry? But like, I don't think the mm. the first thought isn't really that to like the go deeper into running in that way it's like oh let me do fashion and stuff like that but like bro if you brought this to running you've been running since you're five years old like that so, could be that could be yeah that, could be that reminds me of this guy who you have to connect with his name is yuri he works he's like the head of design at under armor and like talk about like when you put black people black creative talented people in the room everything he makes is fire yeah. right yeah and his shoes are always the sell like flying off the shelves and it's like yeah but somebody had to let him connect the dots right yeah. that i can there's money to be made in this industry i can shine in this industry there's a place for me most definitely
How do you feel? How do you feel right now about like the current state we're in in the running community? I feel like we had you on the podcast like in March of mm. 2021, and we were asking you. We asked you this question then, yeah. like you know, Ahmed Aubrey kind of set things off. Yeah, that's sad, but I feel like yeah. that was the catalyst that started like allowing our voices to be a little bit more recognized. Yeah, we were already doing the work, but yeah, yeah. it just allowed for us to be a little bit more recognized. Now, come to it. You're starting off. You're starting off today. We're closing it out with 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 Marco Chizetto, who also is a double amputee, disabled. So, like, how do you feel? I still think there needs to be more, but how do you feel about the current no, state? I'm with you. I mean, we are just starting, right? So, if this is a marathon, we are just lining up in the in the starting corral, right? And that's that's important. Like, you have to start somewhere. So, when we were talk, talked in, I guess, uh, yeah, March of last year. I was think I was I wasn't sure that the energy would still be here now, right? Um, but I do know that it took a it took particular efforts for that Christine had to make that Running USA had to make to ensure that I was here, that you were here, that Mark is here, and that's important. That needs to keep happening. So I think we're right at the beginning line, and I just want the same kind of intensity throughout the whole race, right? Like you can't get to the halfway point and start giving up. What do you think it is for like? I'm like, I'm honestly like low key. I'm I'm like pro black, you know. I'm trying to get my, I'm getting my people, you know. Yeah. I want, I want them, I want them in here. But I'm, we were, we've been asking people like, what is the black community trying to find that? And like, as I've gone deeper into this industry, I've been able to connect it. It's Allison. It's Ted. It's mm -hmm. it's the it's the runners. It's the sprinters. It's all of us. But I don't feel like we are always like together in it or recognize ourselves in the in the running community. Yeah. So my question to you is more so like. What is, what do you feel like your responsibility is to uplift that community, or like what what should we be doing to try and like yeah. uplift our community and tell our tell everyone about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, like, listen, white people have been doing this forever. Right, white people have been putting each other on. White people have been creating little. Uh, boys clubs and sharing yeah. information, sharing job information, going to the golf course and giving the son the job, right? White people have been doing that forever. Right? And, um, and black people, we now need to do that ourselves, right? And it's not that we haven't done it, but we need to do more of that. So if I know something's going on, first of all, I don't need to be the face of everything, particularly if I know that somebody else is more qualified or would benefit more from that experience. So I think it's like, look, we're not competing with each other. There's actually like a lot of space, but you got to bring people in, you know? And so I, that's what I try to do. Like I try to spend as much time in front of the scenes as behind the scenes, listening and making connections because it just, it feels better for me when there's mad black people. Yeah. Here, yeah. Right? Like yeah. If, if I hadn't shared information, then maybe I would have been the only black person again. And that's not what I want. Right. Um, so I think it's all of our responsibility as black people and like being, yeah, I'm, I'm pro black too. Like, I'm pro us winning, I'm pro us getting healthier and seeing ourselves in this industry. And I feel like what's really crazy and really unfortunate that it took like Ahmaud Aubrey yeah. to rattle that cage. Yeah. And like that cage was rattled and then people realized like, yeah, we do have to make this change. Like if we don't make this change more, like those things are still gonna happen, but if we keep on making this change, like people are gonna be in this space and it's gonna keep on growing and yeah. growing and growing. And cause like, I feel like not until then that's not, until then, I wasn't thinking of like, 
what is the black running community? Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't really on my mind. It wasn't mm-hmm. until then, until then, then I started thinking about that. I started seeing you and you type, type speaking out mm-hmm. like Mario Hall's racing mm-hmm. to stay alive as well. Mm-hmm. I'm all like, I always felt like that. And I talked to my friends about that and having three older brothers that were in track and Aaron and Caleb, like they did cross country. So I, it's easy to connect the dots of y'all yeah. like, yeah, there ain't a lot of people on us on the starting line, but it's all like, once you start to see people start talking about their own personal experiences, I don't know, I think that was the, I, like, I've always felt seen as like a black runner in the community, mm. but having like leaders like you really like speak up on social media, mm. it just made me seen more than ever. And really like for other people out there, like, well, it's not really, I'm not, social media dangerous for people, for the running community. Like it's gonna be like, it's gonna be, cause so many people are able to have access to this and be able to take this even two or three steps further. But what I think is like so amazing about what you're saying is that you are 21 years old, right? Like the fact that you now have this information and you have this worldview and this, um, these insights at your age is incredible, right? Because think of how many people you can impact now. Think of like the way that the next, I mean, your life is going to change because of this insight and then the connections and, and yeah, I mean, I think like, I, I just think there's there needs to be more room for more stories and for more people, right? And, and, and that's what we're, that's essentially what we're fighting for. Exactly. Yeah, it's like we're fighting for access in the running community. And like what Joshua was saying, I was thinking about it. It's like I feel like before, like really like starting to discover the running community, I was trying to fit. I was trying to fit myself in it, you know, like with everyone else, you know, and not like saying I'm not trying to like take myself away, but I was trying to fit myself into a box like that wasn't created for me mm. but there is and that's the message like if you're you're black mm. a, a latino or brown there is there are spaces for you in in here you know mm-hmm. what i mean and mm-hmm. that's why i really i want to connect that yeah. because there's so much more you can do but i want to go into the book as well yeah running wild black why is now the time what, what what came with that name too yeah so i feel like running wild black it's a book that i've been writing in my head my whole life right so the book is 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 a personal memoir and it talks about my experience being a black woman in white spaces right so going to living in I was born in Harlem but living in the suburbs in an all-white community going to all-white schools having my teacher confuse me for the only other black girl right like um, going into high school and having black people uh, having white people um, treat me as if I could speak for the entire black race right like anytime a new song came out it was like Allison's you know the lyrics and it's like, um, right and then entering the running space and finding myself like it transforming my life, but also realizing that it was another white space, right? Showing up, being the only person, um, showing up having certain people making assumptions about me because of how I looked. And so the real, the real um, turning point was the murder of Ahmaud Arbery and also me having a son, right? And realizing that, wow, like my son, who everybody thinks is so cute and so sweet, in like maybe 11 years when he's 12, like Tamir Rice, somebody will shoot him in the playground, right? Or maybe when he's 16 and he's walking home from the bodega, somebody will, will shoot him, right? So putting those pieces together and wanting to share why uh, running has not been welcoming for us, how it hasn't been open, um, but what we can do to change that, right? Like I believe that everybody deserves the power of a long run. Everybody deserves the community that comes with it, but we're not there yet. Dude, and I, you posted something on Instagram like a couple of weeks ago about like black spaces and you yeah. talked about 
going to get your dreads yeah. tied. And I was like, I that hit. Because I'm like, right? I, I'm like that. Our uncle is a barber. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's where I grew up, mm-hmm. you know, going. And we're with uncle, like, talking. And everyone mm-hmm. comes in. And even, yeah. like, too, like, when I moved to San Luis Obispo, very white space, the black barber shop was, like, it got, it got shut down, though. But that mm-hmm. was, like, the spot to, like, yeah, go. And, and this is a thing, right? Like, we don't think about, like white space is never named as white space it's just space (laughs) right like but like there there's a culture of that space there's a coldness that space like but when i came here and i saw your brother i was like yo right (laughs) like just seeing the faces like there's the love and that those are cultural differences and Mm -hmm. so now like me being in seattle which is a very white space when i go to the lock shop i'm like oh my gosh like the barber is like humming along to doesn't know the words but it's just like you know like it's family and Mm -hmm. i think that's that's the case that i'm making in my book like the outdoors this conference these are all white spaces so how do we make it so that they feel like welcoming spaces where we belong where we can be ourselves definitely i feel like i feel like i'm really because like i'm 21 so like (laughs) i'm this is my first time really experiencing like being like the only because mm. I go to Cal State Fullerton now mm. Cal, Cal State Fullerton's in the OC oh, and where wow. we grew up it was like I feel like Roosevelt was fairly diverse and mm. like the where I went to high school and middle school and elementary school was always diverse there's at least like four or five of us mm. you know and, and there's a lot of Hispanics in the area but I find myself like in my journalism class now mm. I'm all like wait hold on I'm the only black person in this class and mm-hmm. like that was a surreal experience because then we're talking about like and journalism relating to like uh, like Black Lives Matter at the time and mm. how like some people need to have like a voice in that area mm. and stuff. And I'm all like, I feel like the teacher is talking to me, but I, he's a great teacher. He's a great mm. teacher in a sense, cause he's definitely like, he wants to hear my perspective and my voice. But I'm like, it's just crazy that like, we have that experience well, of you, being the only. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's confusing, right? Because on the one hand, he's like, he's seeing you and wants to engage you, but then suddenly it's like your burden as the only yeah. black person and like the white people in the class get to be just, you know, there, yeah. right? So, yeah, and that that's the issue. Like, we should be able to teach when we want to teach people. We should be able to step back when we want to step back. We should be able to be like, our full humanity right like wherever whenever we want um but when you're the only you feel this pressure like if i mess up like what does that mean for the person coming behind me you know what i mean but then it would be crazy like imagine if i wasn't in that class and then having that that conversation i'd be like that would be weird like i feel weird being the only person but if there was no one in here that looked like me and we're talking about this that would be like weird and like i don't know he well, I, I say he's a good teacher right now. He's a good teacher. But I want to see, like, people could see him as, like, oh, he's, like, the face of this. He's teaching Well, it's it. also, it's and not it's about this. being good or bad, whether he's a good or bad teacher. It's just about the people in the class are not reflective of the experience being yeah. talked about. So none of them really know what they're talking about. And yeah. that's, that's, you know, that doesn't mean he's a bad teacher. But that's, that's what, like, that's why, like, racial diversity and any kind of diversity is not about good actors and bad actors. I will say, like, Trump is, like, a bad actor, right? But it's, it's about, like... It's it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. It's about creating, um, it's about changing the space so that it's it's more authentic and people feel like they can be there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And you guys talked a lot of, you talked a lot about um, bias up there too. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, it's not, you're not like a bad person because no. you have this bias. It's natural. Everybody have these biases, these biases or however you say that biases. word. <laughs> but 
we have to like have things in place to you gotta check them exactly like i mean i'm gonna tell you right now like i see a white dude with the bald head and a beard that dude is scary to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can give an example. Shout out to Boyan, who's one of the co-founders of November Project. His look has been co-opted by, like, yeah. Nazis mm -hmm. and KKK, right? And so my bias immediately for my own safety goes to, like, don't look at that person, don't talk to that person. Boyan is an incredible human being with a kind heart, right? And his look, he shouldn't be held accountable for that look, but that's what biases do. And you can completely write someone off, write someone out of your life for that reason, right? Yeah, and that's... Why we need the diverse diverse spaces so exactly. we can get to know each other, share spare, share perspective. One of my favorite things. But what do you what did you really learn about yourself? You think from writing this book? Ah, mm. uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think I learned that I'm actually more hopeful than not. Right, like. I think I um, realize that there are a lot of people who are sticking with the conversation, right? Because a part of my book, I'm doing interviews with people and, and they're sharing vulnerable stories with me that they probably haven't shared anywhere else. And I'm realizing that like people really are doing what they can, you know? And uh, it might be easy for me to want like more and want it tomorrow, but um, there's a good amount of people in this industry that are, they're really trying. And um, that that makes me hopeful. You also have like a quote in your book. I want to that you kind of um, have like as like the mission statement yeah. almost. But, but I just wanted to ask you when you say, I mean, one second to pull this up. If running is public space, oh. if running is claiming public space, then why does it feel like a negotiation for for black people yeah. per se? What do you mean? Like running is a uh, negotiation. negotiation for us. Yeah. So I think about um, so, you know, we're right now in Florida, which is like such a racist state. <laughs> and I would not visit here were it not for this conference and my mom living here. But so when I leave my house to go for a run, I have to consider how are other people going to see me. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me make sure that I don't have a hoodie on. Let me make sure also as a woman that I'm not wearing just a sports bra and short shorts. So I'm not like provocative. I use quotes there. Um, and then I'm not sending a message to somebody that I'm like easy or looking for it right so i'm negotiating with my surroundings like how am i going to be seen so i don't have the freedom to just like run out and be me like it's 90 degrees i should be basically naked going for a run right but i know that that will endanger me because of the society that we live in mm. i know that you i mean i jesus like if i were your parents i would just be scared all the time right like you're young black men who are attractive and confident which is very dangerous right because you're not going to walk into a room and shrink yourself or you're not going to walk outside and shrink yourself and that in and of itself um can be seen as a threat to people right so i don't know i would venture to guess you probably wave at cops when you go by you try to make yourselves look friendly right like th those are the ways that we are negotiating our existence in public space she's dropping bars on this man yeah oh, <laughs> Definitely, like, definitely when running, like, I feel like, because sometimes I have my afro out, mm. and, like, I'll be running on, like, like, I, one reason I don't, which is bad, because, like, people be like, bro, your afro's cool, but I'm on, like, I don't know, like, I already feel like with my braids, like, I'm standing out, but, like, with an afro, like, that's just a lot, like, bro, like, look at me, like, look at me and, like, see, see where I'm at, and I'm, ar and I'm already, like, 6'1", too, yep. so I'm all, like, that's the only reason I don't really like my afro as much because like I'll Which be walking. Which that is breaking my heart, <laughs> right? Like I have a son and I'm like, I hope that he like can be as 
whatever, as big as he wants to be. But like, I also want him to be tiny when the cops come by, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want him to stand out. And that's just, yeah, like, you shouldn't have to think about that. Like, your fro should be from here to the ceiling. You know <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> yeah, but sometimes I'm like, oh, that's too, that's too much. But yeah. it definitely, I, I do like my braids, though. Yeah. I, like I mean, my braids. your hair is cute no matter what you do. But, like, the fact that you have to think about it in terms of your safety is what the problem is. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I'm just saying, that would, that would, make, me, that would make me angry. <laughs> like, stuff, I mean... Yeah, and that's a whole nother conversation. Like yeah. stuff like that. That's a, that's upsetting. Yeah, it's you know really what I mean? upsetting. It's like I'm just wearing my hair. Yeah. Someone, I want to. I don't want to go too deep into this, but someone the other day, like I told them I was gonna get a haircut, and they said, "Like, what? What are you gonna cut?" And I'm like, "That's not like the first time I ever heard that in my life, of course." But like, I'm like, "That's a wild question to ask somebody." It's nuts. How can you say that to somebody? That's wild. And they don't even get it. Yeah, they didn't get it. Yeah. It's not even. It wasn't even worth the time. Yeah. To get to get angry about, and I understand they were just being ignorant. It's happened. It's not the first time. Right. But I was just thinking about it, like just like that. I'm like, that kind of makes me mad. Yeah, as know? it should. Yeah. But I think I think we're ready to close out. I know this is a good good conversation. Running Wild Black. Make sure y'all go get that. Like available for pre-order. You could get it like right now wherever you buy books. But um, you started running again recently. Yes. What do you got? What do you got coming up? How's your relationship with running right now and everything? Yeah, it's very different. I, I think like so now I'm like two and a half years postpartum after giving birth and I'm realizing like I'm no longer going to fight with my body to be what it was before. <laughs> like I'm just going to accept that I have a different body. Right. And so running and movement is more like play for me. Um, but I do. I'm running the I'm running a 10K at the She is Beautiful race in santa cruz which is not too far from mm -hmm. y'all yeah. um and then i'm running the eugene half in april um and then i might run some stuff over the summer but those are the two two events that i'm most excited for how's the um how's seattle going you started a little group yeah. out there yeah so we too. started a group called the seattle running collective and the idea around that was that in seattle there's this thing called excuse me the Seattle freeze where people are not like really welcoming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so being on top of like being a white space, being this space where people freeze you out. Um, so this, the Seattle running collective is a coming together of many, many groups in Seattle so that we can collaborate so that we can center um, BIPOC stories and events and that we can change the narrative of who's a runner, right? Like you're a runner if you run. So it's really cool to be, um, you know, like leaving New York, leaving like all my community, but um, finding and making new community in Seattle. Wait, how's, how's Wazell? How's Wazell? Waz Wazell's Waz like, I don't know, Wazell's fired. You know, I miss stuff, but Waz <laughs> Wazell is fired. Wazell's great. Wazell's great. I mean, I like their clothes are amazing. The opportunity to, um, to really, in that role, I'm doing the same kind of work like bringing other voices and people into the sport so yeah we'll be i'll see you at like worlds and all these things that i never used to go to <laughs> usas and all that stuff it's been um it's it's an exciting it's an exciting place to be yeah and definitely for like the professional space to be able to open up the have the athletes have their voice because totally. they're definitely able to like to directly influence like the next generation for sure yeah i mean i love like rebecca mara jenna fessemeyer like you know these we need to make sure it's all about creating opportunity right mm -hmm. like there is more than enough space for all of us and i'm glad that Roselle really champions athletes that might not otherwise um have the opportunity yeah i feel that last question i have and then we could close out with this i think what do you want readers to what's the biggest thing you want readers mm -hmm. to take away from running wild black 
It's a great question. I want um, black and brown leaders to feel seen, to be like, that's not my exact story, but like, damn, like, I get it. Like you, I, f I finally see myself in a book. Um, and for white readers and readers, um, other uh, folks with power, I want them to recognize that, um, to, see, to see things for what they are and recognize that there are steps that can be taken, right? Like the book is not like, well, and to hell with the industry, <laughs> right? It's like, now let's work to rebuild this. So I want, I want black and brown folks to feel really seen by this book and I want white folks to feel challenged um, to take action. We've been, I think the last time you were on here, we asked you your three favorite uh, black movies. I, th I think no, we I did. Think we might have asked your sitcom. Did we? I'm not sure. No, I don't think we're, we weren't doing, we were doing I movies last year, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But three favorite, your top three favorite black sitcoms. That's what we've been asking the month of February for um, Black History Month. Wait, no, you did at. You did ask I me that. Did, yeah. I looked, the, I looked at the rundown last time. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> Let's go movies then. Okay, black movies. Um... I wanna say, I mean, I'm on the spot now. So I'll, I'm, I'll say a Spike Lee joint is in there. Um, then I wanna say, and this is not necessarily a black movie, but it has a black uh, front runner. Um, Denzel Washington's son. Um, what, a black Klansman? Tenet? Well, a black Klansman is actually good, but I was thinking about the one, uh, no, a Tenant. Yeah. So good, so good. And what I liked about that, and I know you asked the question in a particular way as a black movie, but what I liked about that, it was like he was a black man in this role and the role had nothing to do with him being a black man. Yeah. He was just an excellent actor yeah. in this role. Um, and it was just like a action, it was like a, a thriller and like an action like movie exactly. and like like a sci-fi like type of like feel. You don't really see, you that don't see that as much in black black actors. Like the harder the harder they fall that recently came out like a cowboy western with like black actors. Like I don't see that every day. Exactly. But and we need more of that. Yeah. Um and I'm sorry, I don't know a third. I I haven't seen a movie in like I've just I had a baby. That's I was pregnant. It was pandemic. <laughs> I haven't seen a movie in so long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, love. Um, also, Denzel Washington's son is fine as hell. So <laughs> that was it. That wasn't hard to watch. <laughs> but with your busy, busy schedule, we really do appreciate you taking out the time, of sitting course. with us at the Running Industry Conference, yeah. and just yeah, telling about us too. Get us here. I really, really do appreciate that. Also. Yo, like y'all are. I feel like you're. I feel so like maternal over you. Like I just want to see you win. So like wherever I'm going, I'm taking you. I think she's definitely like auntie. You're definitely, Yay! definitely for sure. She's young, big cousin. That's yeah, big okay, cousin. big cousin. Thank big you, cousin. thank my you. Bad, Good my save. Bad. My bad. Okay, okay, my bad. Yeah, cousin. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Austin. Appreciate it. Cool.